Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. I'm Seth. And I'm Matt. Nice. And we're the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. I always forget to say that when we have guests on, which I know, is like you, the you thing we're supposed to, to say, that. but whatever. I know, you can't whatever. close out the intro and you're just, you're just bad at everything. <laughs> um, bad at life. Wow. That's like, wow, what happens man. when we have guests on. I know, I know. <laughs> I get real punchy. <laughs> <laughs> i i think the best part is that um some of our listeners don't actually believe that zach and i are brothers <laughs> i think that this is actually just a shtick that we do for the show um that which is which is not we we are in fact brothers which is why i can i can rip into him but i won't rip into you matt which and we hey. appreciate you for um coming on to the show here hey thanks and for having me guys this is great this is awesome we've been like we were talking so much i was like we we might have just have to press record or we're gonna miss out on some I, like quality content i, know, here. I yeah. mean we're just otherwise otherwise we'll talk for like six hours and be like wow we really should have hit record at some point i mean <laughs> we did a whole podcast before we pretty much did actually so once again thank you matt for coming on to our show coming all the way out from the great pacific northwest to over to uh our, our fair city and joining us in the classic gaming brothers studio uh, we have cleaned since our last guest was here who was also named matt perfect <laughs> that's right <laughs> we had <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> one matt with if the we can find a third matt we're gonna be good just keep that yeah that that track record going in the end there can be only one that's right we're gonna have you all fight <laughs> that's what we'll do is we'll bring all the mats oh, in like, together like, be like, like the josh like the, fight yeah like the josh fight. Ja, josh fight that was like the most ridiculous thing i'd ever i was like what is this and just on twitter and it's like <laughs> all these people like okay it was it was building for a long time it was like the it was like the i was very disappointed in my friend i have a friend named josh and i was very disappointed that where he was it held it was held in like some like I, some like it was like some field. It was like yeah. yeah, but what's it was like in North Dakota or it's like wasn't it? It was like it's yeah, it was some, like it was... Utah or something. It was like some like middle of nowhere <laughs> state, I think. Right? Wasn't it? It was Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> Lincoln, Lincoln Nebraska. Nebraska. I mean, I guess it's in the middle of the country, right? It's like hey, let's all yeah. that way. It works for everybody, except those people in is Alaska. It, that's, it's like, it, hey, that, buddy, I got nine hundred people there. Is it? Is it? It's close to the center of the country. They were not. I don't know. My, my, I mean, I've, I've New England perspective. <laughs> yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska is like right in the middle. That that might actually be yeah. like the the middle, I guess, of the continental United States. Probably right there. I think it is. Yeah. I can tell you right now, there was not social distancing going on. Okay. There was no, a lot no, of people no, in the that opposite field. Of social <laughs> yeah. distance. Anyway, yeah. Thank you again for Matt for joining us. So Matt, you you host a wide variety of podcasts, but um, especially Box Trick. Yep. And oh, a bunch of bunch of content out there. Is there? Uh, uh, be, I guess before we begin, do you want to just plug anything real quick? Sure. Or, you know, yeah. Introduce yourself uh, as you can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, follow me anywhere on the internet at Super Gains Bros. Um, but yeah, my, I do run a video game podcast called Box Trick, uh, just sort of a retro gaming podcast. I bring my friends on. We just sort of pick a subject and then we pick like usually like two to three games each or we'll do a top 10. You know, so, sometimes it's like, hey, favorite games from Capcom, favorite games from Nintendo. Um, I would say probably the majority of the topic is a lot. Of, we talk a lot in Nintendo, but definitely a lot of retro games, sometimes new stuff. So that's probably where most people I would say that are if you're listening here, you know me from. But I do run a few other podcasts as well, sort of like fantasy book reviews, 
uh, stuff like that. When Bend the Knee, it's a Game of Thrones podcast. Here's the Horn, it's a Wheel of Time podcast. Hyperspace Hangout, it's a Star Wars podcast. I mean, the list just goes on, guys. But yeah, so yeah, nice. it's what I do pretty much twenty four seven. So outside of outside of playing games and trying to squeeze in a workout after work. So nice. And we'll uh, we'll put all of the podcasts that uh, Matt would like you to know about in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep the we'll keep the secret ones that he runs. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the hidden podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> those podcasts are only for fans. Okay, guys. So just no, just joking. Yeah, just joking. But no gods, no kings, only fans. <laughs> only fans. Yes. And so now we actually originally found you through Boxtrick, being that is your the the gaming one, um, and. And the logo for Box Trick is Solid Snake sneaking out from under a box. My assumption is that you must have some enjoyment or love for Metal Gear because that is where Solid Snake is from. Yes, that is that is uh, 100% correct, although we will get into it. I guess technically it's not Solid Snake, it's Big Boss that is sneaking <laughs> under the under uh, under the uh, under, uh, under the boss under the box, but uh, yeah, we can get to that when we get to all when we when we definitely yes, start talking about all, all of the Metal Gear. But yes, yeah, so the 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 name box trick comes from the fact uh, from Metal Gear Solid Two specifically, where one of the characters, you know, anybody anybody who's sort of seen anything with Metal Gear Solid, you've seen that that's kind of like one of the main sort of like memes or things about it is you have this super soldier who like sneaks around in a cardboard box, and so you know it's like oh I've people are like I've seen that trick before, and it's the box trick, and ah, so that's that's, the that's trick. And there it is. Uh, that's wow. That's that's fun. I like I like. I like learning where names and logos come from. It's like a it's a it's a hobby of mine. So it's always fun to hear those things, especially since ours is pretty basic. But, but it works. <laughs> hey, we, sometimes we are. Yeah. You, you people know exactly what they're getting. It's great. That's right. That's right. It's, it's it, and nothing more. <laughs> That's you get exactly what you get. Speaking of uh, people getting what they get, we should just talk about what we've been playing. Um, and as the process dictates um we we will defer to matt so matt what have you been most recently been playing i i was looking at i was looking at, the sh at, at sort of the show notes here and i was like all right well i better i better narrow in on one thing because i do a lot of i do on my youtube channel um i do just a lot of reviews of games and so i was like mm -hmm. well technically i've been playing all this stuff then i was like what have i actually been playing sort of recently for fun not like working on a review or something like that and yeah so i have been into bravely default 2 uh for the nintendo switch um which is you know it's a role it's a role-playing game anybody who played uh, bravely default one was on the 3ds and then there was a sequel for that called bravely second and now we have bravely default 2 which is sort of its own game it's not tied to bravely Def you know square enix it's the way oh. it's the way they title yeah, things it's just, it's like, they're just weird it's like hold on a second it goes final fantasy one two three four five six but then you figure out that well depending on sometimes when you look at it three is actually six and four because the way it was licensed and then it's like hold on a second then there's ten two it's like but that's not final fantasy 12 it's just what they do, do you know? that, it's not 11 no it's not 11 <laughs> no it's not 11 <laughs> it's man. 10 it's, too it's, it's, yeah. all right <laughs> And then there's and Final all, Fantasy all very different stories. Totally different stories. Yeah. So, but uh, the Bravely De Bravely Default Two, it's Clay Techworks uh, is actually you know who developed it, published by Square. But it's a lot of the team that worked obviously on the Bravely Default games. It's some of the people that also worked on Octopath Traveler, 
um, oh, if you yeah. oh, if you're familiar nice. with I, that. Yeah, yeah. And then they, I really they like have Octopath an, Traveler. Yeah, then they have an upcoming they have a new upcoming game. Um, right now I think it's called like Project Triangle Strategy, right? You know these ridiculous names that are coming out. But um, those two games use that sort of hey, let's take like basically a Super Nintendo RPG, but like put it sort of if it were in HD, and then that's what it looks like. They just showed off the Dragon Quest three remake that they're doing that's gonna be using that same engine so it's a lot of that same team um although bravely default is a little more sort of um it's not t it's not 2d it's it's a little more 3d but it's this sort of um i always really appreciate appreciate the art style and it. it's this sort it reminds me of like storybooks um like if you like the old sort of sort of like storybooks from 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 back in the day if you've ever played a great rpg that i really love from ubisoft child of light it's almost as if a child of light was 3d instead of on a t on a 2d plane but it's it's pretty standard sort of fair it, really it should be a final fantasy game because it's four heroes crystals trying to save the world now you, you know you're pretty standard fair but i would say what makes this game sort of unique is the battle system if you played octopath traveler octopath uses the same battle system from bravely default where okay. you can sort of save up turns in this it's called brave or default uh so if you brave basically you can go two times in a row but then you'll have to wait a turn before you get to go again or you can default in which you can basically sort of wait a turn and and defend um but then the next time you could go twice and it doesn't cost you a turn um and so that's sort of the key mechanic in it and it works really well uh there's also a job system so you know you're, you can build different classes and everything like that what makes it really fun is sometimes it's worth it to be like, all right, well, I'm going to max out my turns and go like five times in a row because I need to take this guy out like right now and stuff like that. So it's a huge part of the game. And yeah, the, the first was on the 3DS, first and second one on the 3DS. It's all that sort of same battle system, but it's great. It's so far, it's great. I'm not incredibly far into it, but man, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm glad I picked it up earlier this year. Nice. Yeah, that's I, I I actually I really liked uh Octopath Traveler. I saw my friend playing it on his Switch and uh I was like, Oh, that looks like it's like my jam. I so I was a big Final Fantasy Six fan. Mm -hmm. So I like the different characters that have all the different stories and like uncovering that like million different stories of all these different divergent characters who come together at the end of the day to complete a story. That kind of like motif is my jam. So yeah. So Bravely Default, which is not Octopath Traveler, but it's, it's similar ish. <laughs> it's similar. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's, so. it's 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 de definitely definitely similar. Yeah. And I I think I prefer it more than Bravely Default one and bravely second so they've made they've made improvements as it were <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think going from the 3ds to the switch in itself is just a is is a is, <laughs> is, a, a little jump. yeah is, is, is definitely an improvement too uh, so uh zach do you want to go next yeah why don't i so uh I, I was trying to come up with a game uh, that I wanted to play recently and I, I stumbled across the CD that I just had from a Goodwill. Uh, I'll just get into it. I've been playing this game called Pack Guy, which was a originally released in 1996 by Astral Entertainment and distributed by ValueSoft. And later it was bundled on a CD-ROM that I stumbled across recently uh, in around the late 90s, so like 98, I think. Is when you, it is when you stumbled along the CD? 
No, that, that's when the CD oh. was released. Oh, I stumbled right. upon the CD like last month. So oh, okay. the, the, the game, I actually originally played Pac-Guy a long time ago at my friend's house. He had it on this like Windows 95 computer that they had in their den. And we would just sit there and we would just play it over and over again because it was a really short game. You can just like run through it. And I just assumed I made it up after I played it a lot with him. Like many years passed and I was in college and I was like, that game was fake, right? That was not a like real thing. Like I, I hallucinated that or something, but no, it was real because I, I found it at a Goodwill, like on CD and I was astounded that it existed. So I, I popped it in recently and I gave it a shot again. Pac-Guy is a Pac-Man clone as the name implies, but it's these really like small, really crappy mazes that you have to explore and you also shoot at the enemies as opposed to, like, collect a power pellet and, like, gobble them up. You just blow them up. You collect dots to win each level as as you would expect. My favorite thing is I was introduced to a lot of great music through this game because all of the music is stolen from other places. So it's, like, music from Star Wars, Chip's Challenge. It has, like, the canyon.midi sound from, like, the Windows 95 like system files buried in there it's just this bizarre mess of a game that apparently existed and i definitely recently played it and i don't know why i did you know what it's one of those games that is terribly terribly awful but it's just really addicting to just play over and over again because it's just so silly i just i just i just clicked on it and i'm listening to under the sea from Little Mermaid. Yeah, yep, yep. Like, There's what? a whole level that is just under the sea. At one point, you go to a bar. It's just the cantina music, and you shoot Greedos. <laughs> oh, oh I, we should we should give you a spoiler alert, Matt. Zach plays really bad games. <laughs> I like okay. playing really, really bad games. Or just weird games. <laughs> like Mace weird. Griffin Bounty Hunter. <laughs> Uh, Mace Griffin Bounty Hunter. I guess. I guess, Are you? Are you? You must. You must be playing this on an old PC. I'm. I'm, I, I, I'm I, not I, actually. So the wonderful thing is, I popped the CD into my Windows 10 computer. It booted on start. What? It just is, booted are, fine. It's like 1996. Like how does that? Even the work? CD itself has to be from like 98 or 90, like six. I mean, it says Windows 95 on it. Uh, I mean, this maybe it's a later release CD because it has like their website but i mean their websites in the 90s uh it's just like it's so weird i'd expected that it wouldn't run when i bought it and now i popped it in it just like it boots in a weird resolution it's really tiny but it still plays so whatever uh recently i've been playing uh time spinner by lunar ray games and it was published by chucklefish who are the same people who publish like stardew valley and all those they're they're a pretty great publishing house and the game was released in September of 2018 and is like an action platformer you play as this character who is what's known as a time spinner who is somebody who uses time to protect their people and essentially what they do is they go back in time to prevent bad things from happening and then they're forgotten about from the rest of their people it's interesting in regards to like the concept it's essentially the time spinner role the job that you take is kind of like a a very martyrish type of position where you kind of do it for the betterment of your you know for your society and then you go back and you have to go through and you platform around in the game it's very like um like 8-bit type of graphics and it's a side-scrolling type of situation and you attack using either a magical orb type of melee attack 
or a spell. So, and you get like one spell that you can change out. And it's got a very like almost like a JRPG type of menu system in in regards to like your equipment, there's leveling. So there is like role playing elements to it, but the, the way that I've been playing it, I always kind of just felt like it was more of like an action platformer, but that may be also because I'm not really paying attention to what's really going on in the game, but um you it's got kind of cool bosses that you have to encounter and there's cool you get cool little time mechanics as well so you eventually unlock the ability to pause time and then instead of like so there'll be enemies in the field if you hit the enemies you'll get damaged you can attack the enemies and then you can pause time and if the time is paused you can jump on the enemies using them as like a platform so there may be places in the level or in the area that you're in that you can't get to unless you use a time mechanic to like jump on a bird that's flying by and then use that to jump going further it's been a lot of fun uh it's it's great i like um i've been really into playing games with a controller i've had my like xbox controller going on and i've just been playing them on the pc it's kind of one of those games where you can kind of sit back and kind of just relax and and go through and it's not like super involved i tend to play a lot of adventure or strategy games so playing a game like this is a little bit of a shift for me and yeah so it's it's been it's a really cool game so the art style reminds me a lot of like Owlboy and the gameplay is kind of I have like like braid feel to it, but mostly because braid's a time game and this has time mechanics. Though it's a little more involved in regards to like the story. There's like a, a story that goes along that's structured. There's no real paths that you can take in the story. Like the story un- tells itself kind of regardless of what you do. But uh, there's still like um, kind of like a story element to it. So it's Time Spinner by Lunar Ray Games. And it's been a lot of fun. It's nice. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the gameplay footage now. I've got Chucklefish does such a good job with their animation because I have to say a lot of the a lot of indie games or whatever, you know, you use that that the eight bit style doesn't it's yeah. not it doesn't feel eight bit. Right. With the exception of like Shovel Knight, like Shovel Knight. OK, that looks like it could be on the Nintendo. But they do a great right, job, especially right. of like Stardew Valley and stuff. Like this, this game looks like 100 like it could run on the Super Nintendo or like the yeah yeah. I mean, it looks yeah, just it does, ripped yeah. straight out of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that Metroidvania it's, type type of a game. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Yeah, very Metro. Yeah, yeah. I I so fun. I I've actually haven't played a lot of Metroid or Castlevania, and that's mostly because. I was raised on a diet of Sega Genesis where we hey, had me too, man. Sonic and <laughs> Sonic and and more Sonic. And uh was I played a lot of Jungle Strike. <laughs> <sighs> so good. So but but those type of games I'm like kind of discovering now as I as I kind of go back as as young early 30s man going back and going through the old games that I didn't play as a child that, that I'm like oh these are these are fun I wish I played this when I was impressionable mm-hmm. and not old and cynical. <laughs> have you ever hit a game have you ever hit a game going back now especially with like emulators and stuff like that. Have you ever, have you ever hit a game where you feel like I was doing like a going through like all the Game Boy Advance games cuz I was working on like a top 100 like Game Boy Advance game list and I came across um F0 GP Legend. And I was playing yeah. it and I was like this is great, but at the same time I was I was kind of like a little sad because I was like man, I would have really loved like I could totally have seen myself playing this nonstop as a kid. And so do you guys yeah. ever feel like when you go back and you find some of these old games games like you're almost like i wish i would have loved this game as a kid but you just you never yeah. got it you never got a chance yeah absolutely i most, i have that most games for the super nintendo yeah <laughs> like yeah. yeah 
I, I actually kind of self-defeat myself when it, when I go back to playing older games because I don't necessarily have the attention span to like stick through a game. So, so I'll use like heavy save slotting if I really want to try and get through a game and I don't really have the time to suffer through it and actually playing it. So like I'll like flash save and like <laughs> save right before things and uh, get through the games. I feel like there are games that I'm exposed to now that I was like, if I played this as a kid, I would have really liked it and I would have played it in, for hours hours and hours and hours and hours and now i'll play it and i'll be like i'll play an hour of it and but there's like so much i feel like when i was a kid my game library was something that i could overcome like Mm. it was something i had like four games ten games that was enough and i could play them all and i could like try and beat every single one of them or get pretty far in them like i played a lot of like toxic crusader for oh, the sega yeah. genesis zach and i tried playing that during extra life when we streamed back in november and it was we couldn't do it we couldn't get past the second level and we're <laughs> it's like a hard game <laughs> it's hard but like when i was a kid i used to be able to do it and now i just feel like with the amount of games that are in my collection I just don't have the attention span to like be like, oh, I'm gonna play this game for like 80 hours or that it requires, and it has it's not even like a, a, a it's not a mass it's not even Mass Effect it's like some other like I'm it's a, like a shoot 'em up I'm gonna play like 40 hours because that's what's required and I just I can't do it I just like I'm like all right I've got something else and just just blast through it but yeah no I. Hundred percent. It's it's all. It's because of it's it's age, really. It's and and time. I think there's media saturation. I'm gonna blame it. Media saturation. Well, there's there's, too much media. There's always that next game coming. You're just like, oh my god, like I want to I want to play that. I want to play that. And then you pick it up and you just put it put it down. Yeah, pick it up and put it down. Yeah, yeah. There's like yeah. There's solid games that have come out that I was excited about and I played them. And yeah, I mean, I feel like there's two right. So there's like the game that you're really excited about coming out and it comes out and it doesn't meet its hype. And then you're like, this is disappointing because it's like, it's just like, and it could get like review bombed right before. And I feel like when it gets review bombed right before it comes out, it can sour it. Cause I was like, I was really excited for Empire of Sin and which, I mean, John Romero and, and it was just going to be great. And it was like, it got review bombed and it was just like mixed reviews and I go I went into it and like you read those reviews before you go into it and you start thinking about what they said and it just is like you're like you then you notice certain things about it and then you're just like disappointed or and then you have like the games that you 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 are excited about coming out and they come out and you're like this is amazing and you take time off of work to right <laughs> like play yeah um that's probably yeah that's why yeah, spider spider-man was probably the last game where I was like I got to like I was just like um super sucked in and be like okay like I need to like take a day off work for this <laughs> like it's just so good yeah so as we kind of alluded to earlier we have Matt on the show with us today uh he's going to be speaking with us about uh, a game that Seth and I really don't have too many like solid memories on because of our history with games um, and also just because we were bad at playing games on systems that we didn't have uh, growing up. Uh, and that is the metal gear games. And, but yeah, so, I mean, before we get into Matt's memories, I, I think briefly to talk about Seth and mine, I mean, I don't know if Seth has any metal memories of metal gear at all. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't have much memories. I mean, period. Like you could just include Metal Gear in that. I just don't have many memories. <laughs> but um, I, I, my, my. So 
I do have some memories of Metal Gear. Um, most of them were involved with um, visiting some friends in, I want to say, high school. And it was the later versions of Metal Gear. So we're talking post the original. It, we're talking like the PlayStation ones. Yeah, the, the ones that were that had cinematics uh, uh, that were you could watch them do things. Because I've seen, a, I saw some cinematics primarily my memories though were like somebody like wrapping up a metal gear game so like i would like be coming over to my buddy's house and they'd playing metal gear and like i would be there now so then they they would save and not continue to play metal gear because that is a single player game <laughs> so they wouldn't just be like i'm playing this game now while you watch because that i would just i would i would leave <laughs> like that's just <laughs> it's like if I will do like a cooperative game or something. So I've seen like some cinematics from it. I I'm like aware of it. I know that there is a box and that he hides in it. Like, um, but that's pretty much my um understanding. I know it. I know it originates like it was made in Japan and then it was ported over and brought over to the United States. And I'm familiar with like the like the dial. I'm like oh those like dialogues where it's like they're like the pop ups where they're yeah. talking to the each Kodak, other. Like yeah, I'm yeah yep. I'm I'm familiar with that. So I'm like I think I'm I, I would say that I'm I'm familiar with Metal Gear as a brand, but I'm not necessarily familiar with it as a, an experience. I mean, for me, I was introduced to Metal Gear through probably early YouTube and stuff like that from watching streamers and stuff talk, or not streamers, but like YouTubers talk about it. I think like James Rolfe talked about it briefly in one of the old AVGNs going back. But really, I got into learning about it through one of my roommates in college who was wicked into it, uh, into the series and was had just gotten uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, or I think he had at least had ground zeros i think ground zeros had just come out um when i was in college with him and i like just sat down and just watched him played a couple of the other games because he was replaying them through i think it was the hd collection on mm -hmm. playstation 3 yeah there's a handful of those yeah so then i decided to learn more about the game and i was like oh cool it was originally on the msx ported to the nes so i tried playing the msx version it's very hard um, but I, I i did play a little bit of it i've also played a little bit of the nes version via a cartridge I have that has just a bunch of like games built into it. It's like one of those multi carts. Also, not an easy game. <laughs> like the NES version is equally not as hard, I would say, as the MSX version. Still a hard game. And then I actually played like a good chunk of Metal Gear Solid 5, even though I haven't played any of the others because I got it for free through PS Plus. So I was just like, yeah, I'll play Phantom Pain. And I played through like maybe like three hours of Phantom Pain. I, so I'm not that far. Um, but like, you know, a substantial chunk of the beginning cinematic. I really enjoyed it. I was like, this is a blast. So at some point I need to get back into playing through the originals or at least play through all of MGS and then some of the other ones. But that's my personal experience with Metal Gear. It's great. Yeah. I mean, the Metal Gear, fr the Metal Gear franchise itself is it's so big. It's so there's a lot of games. Um, there's there's so many entry points into the franchise as well, um, which is something I've, I really, really, I really, really like about it. You know, like the NES version, actually, the any there's there's it's kind of we can get into the history. Uh, if you guys are ready, if you guys are ready to 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 dive to dive in, or do you guys have you guys yeah, did you guys want to hold off on that just a second? Well, I actually I'm interested before we get into the history of the game and the and the facts as it were. I'm I'm actually interested in how like 
why Metal Gear? Like, why? Well, how did you get into it? Like, what? What's your history with it personally? Okay. And then uh, yeah, so yeah, so the so the first one I the first one I ever played was the demo of Metal Gear Solid, um, and I had like I played the heck out of it. So I was like, this game is amazing, right? Like you're in Shadow Moses, you have to sneak in. It was like nothing I definitely have ever played before. Um, and so then, so, but I never really played the first game until, and for a while. Uh, and then I got a PlayStation 2 and one of the first games I got was Metal Gear Solid 2, which is in my top five favorite games of all time. It's not even the best Metal Gear Solid game. Although to be fair, all of the Metal Gear games, if you go to Metacritic, I mean, they're all, it, it's like, they're all like 10 out of 10 games. You know, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Legend of Zelda franchise. It's like one of those things where it's like every game is so highly rated that when you start ranking them, it's like, look, it's it can be the 10th best Metal Gear game, but that still means it's better than like thousands of, you know, uh, other uh, other yeah, games. Yeah. It's, like, it's like ranking the original Star Wars trilogy. Which one's your favorite? It's like they're all amazing <laughs> movies. Just because I like this one the best doesn't mean that movie sucks or anything. It's just, you know. I mean, empirically, Empire Strikes Back is the right. Best. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it's not. It's not like a New Hope is a is a slouch or anything. I mean, right, yeah, right, I mean, right. And so, yeah. So Metal Gear Solid Two was really my entry point into it, and. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that Hideo Kojima, right, the series director, and it's impossible to even talk about Metal Gear, the franchise, without talking about Hideo Kojima, um, who's, you know, pretty widely considered to be, you know, one of the top five video game developers ever. I mean, Shigeru Miyamoto has to be number one just because, I mean, he literally created like Mario, Zelda, I mean, everything. I mean, so he's he's got to be number one, right? And then, but he and he and Shigeru Miyamoto were friends growing up, which is crazy, right? Like they were like, yeah, they're, like yeah. they're like school buddies. But so, yeah, so Metal Gear Solid 2 was my first entry into the series. And one of the things I think we don't really appreciate as much anymore now as we did then was like, you know, the jump from PS3 to PS4 and then the the jump from PS4 to PS5 is nowhere close to the jumps that we used to make, right? Like yeah. going yeah, like going from Sega Genesis to Sega Saturn, I mean, it's an enormous jump in terms of capability. And then going yeah. from like the Saturn to the Dreamcast, or you're talking like going from the super, the Nintendo to the Super Nintendo is a huge jump in terms of what you're able to do. The Super Nintendo to the N64 is like, oh my God, this is crazy. So same thing, going from the PlayStation 1 to the PlayStation 2, you're talking about a enormous leap in terms of graphical capabilities, the things that you can do. You're going from CDs, which are like 700 megabytes, to DVDs, which are four gigabytes. I mean, so Metal Gear Solid 2 is like, there's so many great cinematics in it. The, like, you're, it's like full on CD quality music. The graphics are so much bigger and better. I mean, the jump from PS2 to PS, PS1 to PS2 in terms of graphical capabilities is such an enormous leap. So when it, when you're playing Metal Gear Solid, pretty much all of these games, they're, they're, it's the story that really grips you. Um, and the story of the the story is like the most complex story like ever told. I mean, the the Metal Gear Solid story across the whole thing is so absurdly complex. It's like impossible to even it's like impossible to even explain. I mean, it's it's so and it's so well written. Like if it were it, if they were ever to turn it into like a movie or something, I mean, I think it would win awards. It's literally it's literally it's that good. But so you're playing and it's just the the animation, everything is like 
it, it feels like a mega, like big budget movie as opposed to just a game. And I think that's one of the reasons the Metal Gear franchise itself is always regarded so highly is because it is it, all of them feel like this is a you can tell it's like a big budget game. Yeah, which and and even the um the original was developed by Konami and Konami's not a well they're not they're not foreign to making video games. <laughs> like Konami has put together some of the best games out there and they they I always I'm always surprised by Konami because they they always like sneak in. Like it's always like somewhere along the lines you're like, "Wait a minute, that was actually done by Konami?" Like <laughs> it's they 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 sneak in. They're they I mean beyond doing Metal Gear they also did like number of platformers and oh yeah sorts oh, of, Kod- like, yeah oh konami but, konami yeah. in the the back in the i mean back in the sort of nes super nintendo days um and then and then in the nes and super nes days nintendo had a cap on how many games a publisher could develop so sometimes if you're playing an nes game and it's developed by a company called ultra that's actually a like subsidiary of konami that they had to use as a as a as a bypass i even think some of the contra i think is like i'm pretty ultra sure yeah. is an ultra game i know i know that metal gear is an ultra is an ultra game but it, it is it is actually konami but yeah i mean konami back in those days it was like i mean they did all the great beat-em-ups turtles in time you know the batman batman game stuff like that they were great i mean i'm i'm sure they put out some put some slags oh, out, but yeah. a lot of the stuff they put out was gold and i think I even i think buster bus loose tiny tunes adventure buster bus loose was a konami um either konami platformer. either konami or capcom because capcom capcom, capcom yeah. I, I think capcom had the disney oh license. so i think one of them was Capcom, and then there was no, yeah, one that was because that's that's um, Warner Brothers. The cat. So that's Warner Brothers. So that's not Capcom. You're right. That is probably Konami. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think because yeah. I think Capcom did the what is there's like the danger the danger the cat or whatever his name is. Yeah, Bonkers. There we go. He had a TV yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, he did. The bonk the Bonkers platformer on the SNES was capcom and they took they ripped like a dash mechanic from the konami the tiny tunes platformer but yeah anyway sorry that was a little that was a little deviation that's there. okay so, yeah, that, that, that's okay I, absolutely i was i was recently playing tiny tunes adventure buster Bus it's great so, it's a it's a it's a I super hidden gem it, it, is a, it is a total it is a total hidden gem um anyway uh metal gear <laughs> <laughs> so yeah let's get into the um the history of um metal gear here um let's dive into it right uh so you know so metal gear sort of started uh hideo kojima is is the developer published by konami the original game in 1987 uh it came out on the msx right home computer system which is really big in japan you pretty much playing in either of the games out of in the entire series as either solid snake or big boss who we will get into uh a little bit here and then it was ported to the famicom and the nes there was a sequel on the nes called snake's revenge which was sort of published by ultra um but it's it's not canon there is metal gear 2 which is uh released on the msx after that the game series moves into uh the playstation realm right Uh, sony playstation is metal gear solid and then since then every game after that has been called metal gear solid in terms of the main series there are there are some side games um there's metal gear acid uh metal gear rising um and a few and a few and a few others which are which are sort of side games but the majority of the games survive oh god 
God. Let's let's still hold <laughs> off on survive. Okay, let's yeah. just hold it. Let's just hold off. Hold hold off and survive. But yeah, so the majority is you are going to be playing as Solid Snake, right? Who is this sort of super soldier? You're almost always infiltrating an enemy base. There's some mechanics in these games, right? That has sort of become meme worthy or sort of things that most video game players recognize, right? Like if Snake is seen, you'll get that sort of single exclamation mark that appears over his head that you've been identified, um, and then you have to sort of escape. Oh, and there's the 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 boop the was it the the word the word noise right? The yeah, the. So the original, the original Metal Gear Solid, which is the third game in the series, right, released on PlayStation 1, 1998, it is often considered the best game on the PlayStation. I mean, most most top 10, top 100 lists, um, Metal Gear Solid is almost always in the top 10, if not always um, sort of number one, uh, to be entirely honest. It's almost always uh, up there. So that is sort of how a, a large majority of the games work. It's stealth entration, stealth espionage action. Action or tactical espionage action is usually a tagline that's somewhere on any of the boxes of the games and that's sort of what Hideo Kojima is going for with the games so that's sort of just a brief brief sort of history um, and then we can really dive into some of the more intricate things about each of the games um, and there's a lot of really cool sort of easter eggs and little nuggets um, about them. oh absolutely I have a lot of questions that's, that's a, for yeah, sure absolutely. so all right I think my first my first question is there's solid solid snake and big boss right <laughs> like what yes. the, that's not even what's going on with that? okay so that's not even close to the be that's like that's like the most <laughs> surface level thing yeah so <laughs> that's the beginning of the iceberg <laughs> yeah so yeah let's look, we, no we that's that's a, that's a that's a great question that's a, that's sort of a great place to start so um i would say chronologically uh the way to play the series which i think is actually a good way to play it is uh and i'll give you a sort of very brief sort of story guide right the the first game in in chronological order, which if I were recommending anyone who's going to jump into this, I think this is actually the way I would do it, is I would start with Metal Gear Solid 3, which is, I would say most of the hardcore fans would consider this to be the best game in the, in the series. It came out late PS2. It pushes the PS2 to its absolute maximum limit. I mean, <laughs> it is. Um, but if you want to play it today, you can, the best way to play Metal Gear Solid 2, there's a Xbox 360 collection. There's a PS3 collection. There's actually two PS3 collections there's the hd collection um which is mm. on both the 360 and the playstation 3 then there's the metal gear solid legacy collection which is the playstation 3 only collection which comes with a handful of more games we'll get to metal gear solid 4 which is the reason there there's even a vita port of metal gear solid 2 uh it's like oh. one of the it's one of the only reasons i really want a playstation vita at some point just so i can play metal gear solid on on the go and it was released on gog.com last summer so that's a really 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 good way to play it um so i would say the best place to start is metal gear solid 3 subsistence and we can get to some of these things the games have been sort of ported and more of enhanced director cut versions so you may see like substance subsistence some of these things surrounding it that's the version you want to go with the first game metal gear solid 3 takes place in the 1960s um like we're talking cuban missile crisis is what's going on a lot of they use sort of 
some real life uh, story elements that are, that's going on. We're talking; it's like the Cold War, um, and then they sort of things kind of you know they kind of in, influence things, and then the original characters will take place. I'm trying to think like so some of those so like I think JFK wasn't was a president in this right like you know, that kind of a thing. But then you know like one of the other characters will become a president at some point. But sort of the main sort of sort of just is in during World War One and sort of World War Two the world leaders of China, Russia, and the United States kind of came together and saw that they basically need some way to sort of, they pull all this money together and they create this thing called the philosopher's legacy. It's like these super aristocrats and it sort of creates this shadow government. And that's kind of the big overarching sort of behind the scenes thing that's going on. And then that that's sort of your main kind of villain ultimately throughout the entire thing. And it shifts power and, you know, all of these things go through with this sort of shadow government. At some point it becomes this group called the Patriots and all of these things. And they're basically trying to control the world through the shadow government. Uh, your main character, uh, Jack, whose name, uh, who is Big Boss, is basically the world's first super soldier. In in a way, he's just a really good soldier. But everyone, he's not. He doesn't have anything special about him. He's just that. He's like the perfect soldier who's ever lived. I it's just his it, big be called being called Big Boss just makes me think of like Pawn Stars. Right. So yeah. So so yeah. It's it how he gets the name is really interesting. So his mentor is a character known as the Boss, who was at that point. The greatest soldier who'd ever lived, right? <laughs> I got you. Okay, it's like a mantle. Yeah, exactly. And so he has to go in. So the first Metal Gear Solid Three takes place in Russia. Um, you're sort of you're sneaking through, trying to stop this character named Colonel Volgan, who is developing the basically. It's called the, it's the Shagohod in that game, but it's basically this sort of super armored tank that has the ability to launch a nuclear weapon from it. That's sort of the other thing. All the Metal Gears basically they're these robots that have the ability to launch nuclear weapons and. Governments are trying to build these Metal Gear weapons so that they are now the premier power in the world. So to not give away super any spoilers with that in that game, as he's called then Naked Snake and the name, there's a lot of snakes <laughs> and things go back and forth. <laughs> Naked Snake goes on. He, you know, you play through, the, you play through the game, you stop the Shagohod, you then have to fight the boss. And I won't get into the reasons behind that because it's so epic and so good. Um, you end up defeating her, and then the United States government bestows him the name Big Boss because he is better than the boss. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, so then you play sort of as Big Boss through Metal Gear Solid 3, Metal Gear Portable Ops, which is a game for the PlayStation Portable, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, which was on the PSP, and that game pushed the PSP to its max, and it was later ported to the Xbox 360, PS3, and those collections. Um, then you get to Metal Gear Solid 5, Ground Zeroes and Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, um, where you're playing as Big Boss. People who've played the game will just leave it as you're playing as Big Boss. I don't want to give away any, 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 anything else. But um, you're playing as Big Boss, and at this point in time, Big Boss is kind of creating his own sort of military organization where they can. They're basically challenging the Philosopher's Legacy, right? Which is this big consortium of money that is trying to create this to shadow government to try to rule everything he's taking them on at this point their name is cypher but it will later change to the patriots and so he's he's sort of he's sort of taking them on by building up this huge sort of military force so that they can sort of fight for the world and to make it a better place and to rid the world of nuclear weapons is sort of is sort of what is sort of what's going what's going on there at at this time though the 
Patriots, we'll just call them um, from this point on, had started a project in which they had tried to clone Big Boss because they said he's basically the world's best soldier that's ever lived to make more of them. And it's called uh, Les Infantes Terrible Project, which stands for like the wicked children or the terrible children is what it what it roughly translates to. He has three surviving sons, one of which is Solid Snake, one of which is Liquid Snake, and one of which is Solidus Snake. Um, so he has these three has these three children. There's no gaseous snake? <laughs> no, no, Solid, yeah. So then you move to Metal Gear after Metal Gear Solid Five, and this is where you begin playing the games as Solid Snake, who doesn't know it yet, but he is the son of Big Boss. The NES version. The NES and MSX. Yeah, so Metal Gear is the very is the first game in the franchise. But it's after the 5th game in the right. franchise. Right. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's one of those it's one of those things where, where it plays all over the place. Yeah, so so now you move to Metal Gear 1 and Metal Gear 2. Both times you're playing a Solid Snake um and you're then you sort of go in, try to stop another Metal Gear. Every game there's basically another Metal Gear. Somebody some some new organization is building this massive sort of weapon that they want to use to have reign supreme, right? And you have to go in and shut it down but then at the end you end up fighting big boss and he's sort of a villain that gets sort of skewed as you pro- as you progress later on and you begin to sort of uncover some more things metal gear solid wow, that's really cool yeah so metal gear solid the first playstation game for the original playstation you're solid snake you're going in to shadow moses which is sort of like I think what most people are familiar with when you when you're talking about the Metal Gear franchise, um, and you're going you have to go shut down Metal Gear Rex, and this time you have to take down not Big Boss who's presumed dead because you've defeated him twice now. You have to go take on Liquid Snake who you find out is your brother, and so that's kind of the setting for that game. Then you move to Metal Gear Solid Two, um, and this is where Hideo Kojima does something kind of interesting. So you're playing Metal Gear Solid Two. It's split up into two parts. You play as Solid snake in the first part um it's two years after metal gear solid um the navy is now developing its own metal gears um and they're going to start mass producing them and you play the first part as solid snake you move to the second part and you're playing as a new character named raiden uh this was kind of divisive uh, amongst fans, but I I like Raiden, and he's kind of whiny in Metal Gear Solid 2, but he gets turned into like the coolest character that's ever existed. Um, yeah, which is great. It gives you a it gives you like a rising action. Right? Exactly. So you, if, you, if you have a character that develops, is it's always more interesting than a flat character. Exactly. Ex- exactly. So in Metal Gear Solid 2, Raiden's a little whiny. This time, you're taking down Solidus Snake. Uh, who is the other brother, uh, although he has a lot more connection with Raiden. And then you shift to Metal Gear Solid 4. And again, it's one of these things where this franchise is so good, it's hard to really say which is the best game. Like I could make an honest argument for just about all of them as that's the best game in the franchise and here's why. Metal Gear Solid 4 is, it's one of the ones that I'm most intrigued by because it was a sort of launch window game for the PlayStation 3. And then now we're talking mm. about, we're going from the PS2 to the PS3. This, is, this was a big jump, right? The PS2 to the PS3 right. was a big jump not been as big jumps because we went from DVD technology, four gigabyte, like 4.8 gigabytes or whatever to Blu-ray technology, 50 gigabytes. And 
Hideo Kojima wanted the game to be put on two Blu-ray discs, like as a launch title. And Sony said, no, you are in no way making this game on two Blu-ray discs. That's like a launch title. I will say this, Metal Gear Solid 4 is the one game in the franchise I would advise anyone not to play first because it's the end of the entire franchise. There's one game that comes after it, but it's sort of a side game. And that's Metal Gear Rising where you play as Raiden, who's like a, now like some sort of like cybernetic ninja uh thing yeah yeah, yeah, cool yeah, exactly. yeah exactly exactly yeah um but so Metal Gear Solid 4 is the ending to the whole franchise it quite literally has cutscenes that last over half an hour I mean that's not <laughs> I mean quite literally has cutscenes I I think the final, final cutscenes cut I think is over an hour I think it is I think the final sequence might be an hour and a half that's not a joke I mean yeah. that is that is not an exaggeration the thing I appreciate most about Metal Gear Solid 4 is there are moments in this where you have Metal Gear gears fighting each other there's a part where snake who's now old at this point has to crawl through quite literally like like a laser microwave type of thing you have a fist fight on top of a metal gear but nothing comes close to being as epic as the final cutscene, which is just a conversation between two people in which like every secret you've ever wondered is sort of revealed and it's just a conversation between two people standing in this graveyard and it's like so symbolic of the whole franchise it's so epic and amazing and it is entirely worth all of the other games you've ever played the build-up to the culmination to the end of the story hands down i think it is one of the best endings to any video game ever like if people were disappointed by spending hours and hours and hours in mass effect go play metal gear solid and you'll be like that is exactly <laughs> how an epic masterpiece is supposed to be ended my favorite story about metal gear solid 4 comes from my friend who told me that when he first finished the game it was going through that final cutscene. he he like started the cutscene out, watched it, was watching it, was watching it, was watching it. And he's like, like maybe an hour passed and his dad walked in and said, oh, what movie's this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There are cutscenes in that game. Some of that are like, and like you had, it's what it was like early PlayStation. So you had to like install it. You had to like install the game right, yeah. in sections yeah. in order to play it. So to recap, if somebody was to go through Metal Gear Solid well, I, the, 3? Yeah, I would. So yeah, the order in which I would I would play them is I would, even though the gameplay sort of shifts and the mechanics and stuff sort of shift because you're playing, you know, you're going from like PS3 to PSP to PS4 to whatever. The right. order in which I think I would play it to get the best sort of story out of it is I would start with Metal Gear Solid 3, then you play Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops, which is PSP only, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, which is on a handful of things, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes, um, which is like PS3, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PC, uh, PC, stuff like that, Metal Gear Solid 5. In all honesty, the two games you can really skip are Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. The MSX games, really? And actually, those are playable. Both the, the MSX versions are playable on any subsistence version of Metal Gear Solid 3. They're on there. So if you're playing it on PS2 or Xbox 360, any of those, they're, they're loaded into that game as well. But really, you could skip those if you really wanted to. Like, in terms of story, like, you'll pretty much be told what happens, like, in the in the games afterwards. Because there's, like, briefing sections you can do before you even go in. But if you're going to do it, do Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 4, and then 
then Metal Gear Rising is the is is the order. And skip Snake's Revenge. <laughs> skip Snake's Revenge is totally not canon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a there's a handful of side games. There's Metal Gear Acid, Metal Gear Survive, and is it's actually it was the first. 10 out of 10 IGN ever gave was Metal Gear Solid for the Game Boy Color. Um, it's a side game. It's really good, obviously. It's an amazing game. It was the first 10 out of 10 IGN ever gave, but it's it's a, it is a side game. It's you don't you don't have to play it. And then yeah, and then Metal Gear Solid One, uh, you can play it on PlayStation. But I, if you're gonna really want the best, I I encourage people to play Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes for the GameCube. There was a GameCube remake of mm. it, which is really 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 good. It's a very very, very good remake of it. It is incredibly difficult to find in the wild. Uh, and if you go to some video game store where they know what they're doing, you're going to be paying well over $100 for it. Fair enough. That's good. I, I'm, I've, I've wrote the list down for myself, and it'll be also good for our listeners to have a, a good, uh, the matte cut version of uh, Metal Gear, as it were. To talk about a little bit about the, the game playing, it's a it's a stealth game, mm-hmm. right? You control the, the character, whoever it may be, in whatever iteration of the game that you're playing. Right. Snake. You're attempting we just, to we, avoid, you, you, yes, yeah, we just leave it snake. as snake. Yeah, and then yeah, you're covered. And you're going through facilities that have bad guys in them, mm-hmm. and you're trying to avoid being caught while trying to activate objectives. So, like the game that comes to mind when I'm thinking about it that I do have familiarity with is like a Splinter Cell version. Yep. But I feel like Metal Gear is a little more silly than Splinter Cell or is a little more is fun I guess or like yeah. takes itself a little less seriously at times like it's definitely at times because it it's it's one of those things where it's like there's definitely mo- a lot of moments where it's like kind of it gets a little ridiculous and a little silly but I mean the story is definitely is definitely a, a serious a serious story so it it, it it bounces around and it's it's paced very well I'll say this and so the comedic relief stuff that when it, when it comes in is definitely it's definitely like a breath of fresh air sometimes when it yeah when it when it happens but yeah i mean yeah uh there's definitely definitely you know like fun 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 ways to do it i think it adds it adds to it and a lot of that stuff you have to search for it's like sort of easter eggy stuff like that so when you find it it's like oh that's really cool i'm I'm glad i found that but yeah you definitely don't have to do that stuff but i i veterans veterans of the series know where a lot of those things are and they're they're very well placed and they're they're very fun do you have any favorite easter egg in the series oh wow man where it even begin yeah metal gear solid 3 i think is the one that probably has the most fun easter eggs so because fans as i told you there's a character in metal gear solid 2 named raiden there is in metal gear solid 3 you, you have your codec conversations like that's when you see the two screens and you're calling each other and you and there's mm-hmm. and trust me there's like hours upon hours of those and you like you can call it for guides like tips like hey like you know what am i supposed to do here type of a thing you can talk to different people in your like intel team but yeah so one of the things is you know there's a lot of pushback about raiden in, in that that character because he's not solid snake so when you start metal gear solid 3 you you actually get a mask that looks like you're playing as Raiden and you can put it on and you can call people like on your team and like one person on your team is like yeah I made it it's really lifelike and all this stuff but other people if you keep calling them they get upset they're like we take that thing off like no one likes it you know like stuff like that and it's it's really like, funny. there's like there's like a lot there's definitely a ton there's a ton of in jokes throughout the, throughout the whole series it's it's super fun and there was um a metal gear game i think we mentioned it but i don't know if we talked about we didn't we didn't talk about a specific it was like an mmo survival game metal gear survive like, survive yeah so that came out 
uh, what what is your it, it kind of reminded me of like Fallout 76. Yeah. Kind of like. So I think I think I think the the issue with Metal Gear Survive isn't Metal Gear Survive as as itself is is an okay game and it runs on the Metal Gear Solid 5 engine which is great and sort of just it, it's sort of like a base building thing. It's a total side game. It's like zombie thing. And it's a ton of it is a it is fun in terms of what it is. It's kind of like a Metal Gear Solid 5 sandbox which I think is is cool. Cool. The problem with it comes from a lot of the sort of behind the scenes stuff with Metal Gear Solid 5. So Hideo Kojima, um, so Konami itself, let's start there, in the past five years or so has undergone some really sort of big internal changes. Um, they've made a strong push away from a lot of their core video game franchises, uh, which are deep, rich, great series. Castlevania, Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid. I mean, these are like you know, well-established video game franchises that people love. Um, and they've made a stronger push towards um, mobile and pachinko, which is sort of this like, it's like a gambling type thing that's done over in Japan. And so uh, what happened was, you know, reportedly Metal Gear Solid 5 was costing a ton of money and Hideo Kojima kept delaying it and they ha they were having internal struggles. And so Metal Gear Solid 5 in a lot of people's eyes is actually not even a completely finished game. There's yeah, tons of there's tons of source code that alludes to like one final chapter in the game, like a handful of missions that we never got. I think it, it, it it's fine. I mean, it's still got like 10 out of 10s and everything. I think the story itself works and serves its purpose, but it is interesting to see some some of the the content that we could have gotten and so i think people's issue was that it felt like konami was just doing a cash grab when it was like what we yeah, wanted was yeah. that final chapter of metal gear solid 5 and what we got was some sort of zombie game because call of duty is is doing it and making a bunch of money so it, I, I think it's it's far less to do with metal gear survive as itself and far more to do with its timing and placement and when it came out and the internal conflict that konami is having with Hideo Kojima. And to dwell a bit, I think, on that whole Kojima split, I might be wrong, but wasn't Ground Zero supposed to be like part of the complete package for Phantom Pain and Konami essentially forced them to, to split them into two separate games? Yeah, and then um a really sort of big a really sort of big moment was at the probably whenever whenever Metal Gear Solid 5 came out, 2015, 2016, around that time, 2014, somewhere I don't remember the exact year that it came out, but um the game awards that year, right? Uh I, yeah, um Kiefer Sutherland, who voices Venom Snake, is the snake that's in, <laughs> in, 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 the, in the title of that game, Big Boss. They replace, they finally replaced uh, David Hayter, which was also people were really interesting about that because David Hayter is like the classic voice of Solid Snake. I think it was a good reason, and um, that's just because Snake's getting older. And then if you were to ever go forward and you're going to have Snake versus Big Boss, you're going to need two different people to voice them. Yeah, you uh, can't. David right, Hader think, versus David Hayter. Right, for, for it to make sense. Um, but yeah, in the video game awards is pretty big deal i mean uh jeff keely or whatever his name is um the guy who hosts the whole thing basically went off on konami on stage live because metal gear solid won an award and he was like it's ridiculous that he's not even allowed to be here legally and like basically yeah, told yeah. konami off in that thing and it was like this is a big deal man and so yeah it's and we don't know and, the, and now the history now that sort of the status of metal gear is really really up in the air there's a lot of rumors that sony's gonna try and step in and buy it there's rumors that uh, 
Microsoft, who's been on a tear with buying franchises, they just bought <laughs> yeah. Bethesda, might buy Konami. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we will we will see. I would not be surprised actually if Konami started at some point started selling off assets yeah. and, and and made yeah. a total shift. I would be very happy if that happens because I feel like having someone else at the realm of at least maybe something like Silent Hill or maybe giving Kojima Productions back control of uh, Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear that would be like that'd be so good <laughs> because so I mean good. Death Stranding is is really cool and very neat and is a very Hideo Kojima game but I would like to see it's not, Hideo it's Kojima not, it's not Metal yeah, Gear and I would love to see Gear, which he can't do I, I right? would really love to see Hideo Kojima's Metal Gear like completely uncut like mm. just uncensored Kojima like anything that he wanted in the game that Konami said no to before just let him do it and that's what I want to see in the game yeah I hope that the entire company of Konami doesn't get bought I think it would be better for sort of gaming if they sold assets to different different companies and then you had different companies coming in and buying things like if Microsoft were get everything I think I think Sony is clearly the people who I, I feel would be, be best suited to own the Metal Gear Metal Gear franchise yeah. um, and, and then and then from there the rest you know like maybe from software can go in and buy Castlevania and we can start to get like some you know like a Dark Souls type Castlevania game or you know or I think Capcom would be the best to step in and buy Silent Hill I mean they have they're so good with the Resident Evil franchise and then you could oh, you could yeah. take you yeah. could take that take that in its, own, in its own direction and stuff like that I mean it's kind of it's kind of interesting when when companies kind of because it this happens regularly with like video game franchises they these these video games companies kind of get to where they you know they're either changing they're pivoting corporately or they're like going defunct and they're not doing anything with an intellectual property and then like one day the intellectual property just gets bought up and like these new games just come and they're like like xcom is Mm -hmm. a good example of that like xcom was just out in the winds not doing anything and then all of a sudden like (laughs) just like they just start crushing out really good games and it's i love i kind of i actually really enjoy that because i feel like it's obviously like those who grew up with the the franchise will have an affinity for it so you'll get that nostalgic buy right immediately but you'll also be able to introduce it to like a whole new crop of gamers right if they if they roll out a whole marketing and and branding for a a new generation and make it a a kind of like a a new metal gear for the people who are playing games i think that metal gear is a very intimidating franchise to get into and it's kind of unfortunately in my opinion like especially with franchises like metal gear so you you're you're set right so there's not really any new metal gears that are coming out and and the age of the software is getting older. So as the age of the software and the technology advances, newer and younger people aren't necessarily going to pick it up because it's not the thing that's demoing with their newest system. It's something that is like, oh, you know, like my dad played Metal Gear like, or like I my older brother played it. So something like where the, I think in order for the intellectual property to survive, Konami either needs to do something with yeah. it or they need to get rid of it. They can make a lot of money off of. like it's a i think it's a at the, at the end of the day if konami looks at it and it's just like and eh, we're, we're not like they're just sitting on probably maybe even a billion dollars right <laughs> just like of asset that they could just be like oh do you want to do metal gear stuff we'll sell it to you for a billion bucks or whatever i'm it's that's like the 
the price of Microsoft what bought Bethesda for I know Bethesda and Metal Gear are entirely two different like scope Bethesda's a game publisher but like they still paid a lot of money for Bethesda yeah I mean Konami itself doing a rough translation here is maybe a 10 billion dollar company yeah, I mean yeah. I know Apple has 200 billion dollars cash on hand right now I mean right now mm-hmm. Apple has 200 billion cash on hand so I mean I'm sure that Microsoft I don't know it's, it's exact cash on hand um, but I'm sure it's probably pretty similar so I mean they could buy like 20 konamis in a day and be like well whatever just put it in their stack of game (laughs) developers that they've bought and i think what really needs to happen with with metal gear at least is capcom has a really good model right now where they just release a new resident evil game then release an old resident evil game remade and then they just like continue that cycle (laughs) and honestly like if if you had someone at the helm of something like metal gear like i mean kojima at the helm of metal gear and was able to just remake metal gear solid using updated like you know an updated engine or remake mgs3 with an updated engine remake metal gear you know completely from the ground up i think that would be amazing uh, while also producing new content i mean it's obviously something that can be done and i think capcom's at least proven that it's a good model i mean yeah resident evil 3 didn't get a ton of positive reviews by some of the fans but i mean it still sold really well so i mean that's the bottom line is they're going to make money doing it and i mean as we can see from at least the the popularity of something like re2's remake that market is out there yeah i'm looking i'm looking back here because konami konami themselves they just have so many things i mean so many franchises that that because they don't produce anything people totally forget that they own the these franchises i mean they own gradius castlevania um so it's like castlevania it's like we haven't even gotten a new castlevania game but we did get a cool anime on netflix it's like okay well i guess that's the route they're going you know silent hill contra um the only the only thing we've kind of gotten is is like bomberman we've been, we've, we have gotten a few a few bomberman games wanted. i know exactly. wanted. it was bomberman it's the, it's the best game on the turbo graphics i know bloody roar which is one of my favorite fighting game franchises and i I, I hope someday we, we, we get another one of those, but I, I find it incredibly unlikely. I mean, if we can't even get Metal Gear Solid, which is their, by far their biggest, you know, th- that I would say Metal Gear Castlevania and then, you know, you, you can Silent Hill, probably Contra, and then it, then it goes down after that. But I mean, if we can't even get, if we can't even get a Metal Gear game, how are we going to get, you know, how are we going to get Bloody Roar? I mean, that's just, that's never going to happen. The real question is, where is Rocket Knight Adventures? Give me Seriously. Rocket Knight Adventures. Sparkster, um, Rocket Knight mm, Adventures. Yeah. Who is that Sparkster? That's my my first ever game that I ever played as a human was, was Rocket, Rocket Knight. Knight. It's great. It was it's the it's it is a it is a I I love Rocket Knight and yeah it's and it's a you know it, it blends into that Konami mascot platformers where it's just like here play as this this character and go through the world with some mechanics. I think I think we've beaten Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a topic. We, we are we are running at the we are still shorter than the final <laughs> yeah we're we are so close. i told you guys i told you guys sorry i said you guys were like well we usually run around 45 minutes i was like i don't know about that today guys i think we're gonna <laughs> and we have one more segment to go but uh we did we, we we did we did we did beat metal gear solid we did use the walkthrough of matt to get through <laughs> the old with the prima strategy we'll just have like a prima strategy guy actually with, uh, uh i like i like brady time. games remember the old brady games because oh, my last name oh, is yeah Black Last name is Brady, so it's like there you go. Oh, so it's the old, it's the old school Brady games. Yeah, I was always uh, partial to GameWinners.com. I used uh, what was it before? It was now it's like uh, something Radar or something like that. But it used to be like Cheat Code CC or Games oh, Radar yeah, used yeah, to be yeah, yeah. like 
cheat code CC or something like that. It was like something weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm a game FAQs. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's game facts. Yeah. Like. Game facts. Yeah. I still some days want to like send these guys emails because they they like wrote like novels for some of these like especially like involved role playing games. You get to like a like a walkthrough and it's like here's a 300 page like walkthrough of like detailed instructions for every step of the way and i'm like somebody decided that they did this and then they published it for free like it's just like you have to really the amount of like love for a game and the desire to share that knowledge is some people just they have it and like i, I could i always think about like being like i should write a walkthrough and then i'm like no no, no it's, it's, not. Too, it's too much it's, it's can, too much it's not worth it way too much and i'd be i'm like i can't even beat the game let alone walk through somebody <laughs> so it, just for the the original medic year to kind of circle back uh it did sell well since we like to do uh some financial information for our listeners the original uh metal gear was actually uh ranked in the top 20 best-selling games in japan for five months where it was uh number four in 87 and peaked at number three the following month or uh, in october so then 87 november the and nintendo entertainment systems version the nes was a major success it sold uh, a million units in the united states and was the top selling game in the united states during october of 1988 just below super mario bros 2 so it was the second top selling game in the united states during october 1998 not bad for a game that was made by a guy who didn't even want to go into video game making to begin with that's true and then i think metal gear solid 2 I think Metal Gear Solid 2 is the best-selling game technically in the series, with just over it's about 7.5 million, which has it just about half. Yeah, but I I think one of them was the best-selling game on a system. Anywho, we can we can continue. Sorry. (laughs) Now we will get to our final section where we will talk about games that we are excited about buying, waiting, or passing on. As tradition dictates, Matt, would you like to take us away with a game that you? are excited about buying, waiting, or possibly passing on. Uh, Yes, and I thought I would go with a game that I am excited about buying. Um, so next next to Metal Gear, uh, I would say that my second favorite video game franchise is easily the Legend of Zelda franchise. And um, this year marks the 35th anniversary, and to probably a lot of people's displeasure, we are getting the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword is getting a port to the switch it was originally on the wii um when it came out ign said that it was the best zelda that had ever existed it was better than it it was better than ocarina of time um they have uh since you know i think probably walked that back obviously because (laughs) because they're shills (laughs) yeah i mean so i actually like i love first of all there's no zelda game that i dislike except for you know obviously it's like me and sonic it's like yeah it's like except for the ones that don't count like wand of gamelot you know nothing nothing that's certainly out of the canon sort of 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 zelda but i actually i love skyward sword and i think that now that you're going to be getting the improvements of being able to play it on the switch with sort of a different sword mechanic i think people i think people are really really going to um 
I think people are really going to appreciate it because they're going to be playing it for the first time. Uh, the only issue is that you're going to be playing it now having played Breath of the Wild, which to me is like might be the greatest video game ever made uh, because the way I view it is if Ocarina of Time is the best video game ever made, according to Metacritic and just about everyone, and I like Breath of the Wild more than Ocarina of Time, I think that makes Breath of the Wild the best game ever made like i think yeah I think right by yeah. that by that by that logic um i think i like it even more than the second highest rated video game ever on metacritic which if you guys didn't know this is tony hawk pro skater 2 i mean it's it, did you know that great game i believe it did you know that tony hawk is tony hawk pro skater 2 is the second highest rated video game ever and i like breath of the wild more right. than it so it's like okay i like it more than one and i like it more than two so yeah so it that's it's sort of issue is that it's it's that it's coming out you know, sort of against Breath of the Wild if you view it like that. And I think that's going to kind of cause some people to maybe not like it as much. But when it came out, I mean, it was the first time we sort of had almost voice acting. There's not like full voice acting in it like there is in Breath of the Wild, but it had re it really pushed the Zelda series in totally new directions. Um, we get sort of the stamina bar, which was not anything before. I actually, I really love the graphics of this game. I love the Ooh. art direction. Um, these sort of like past colors I think works really 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 well for it and I think it's going to look that much better on Switch if you look at anybody playing it on Dolphin in you know like 4K stretching it out it's it's it is, it is a beautiful it is a beautiful game um, one of the best Zelda soundtracks I will say and uh, you get crazy you know you get the origin story of of Zelda I think it has unique dungeons and everything so I think people are I think people are really I think people are going to be playing it and they're going to be like wow you know maybe I overlooked this game when I had to play it on the Wii but now that I can play it without motion controls I think they'll appreciate it more oh yeah i think that's actually one of the things that uh i had a friend who really liked skyward sword and then i went to his house and i was like you have to do a lot of really weird motions <laughs> to get the sword like this to make the sword move oh my god that's yeah, not, well, yeah that's... what appeals to me about it is i have a switch light so i pretty much have to get games that aren't motion controlled right, <laughs> uh, right. because otherwise it's just awkward like when the mario hd collection came out i just opted not to get it because well one i was personally i didn't see the appeal in it right. but the, the bigger thing was that I would really only be getting it for Galaxy, which I haven't really played a lot of. And I wouldn't be able to play Galaxy because you needed to have the motion control for the Switch to play it. So I was like, there's no, I literally Reason. can't play the game. So yeah, there's no point. But now that I know that Skyward Sword has an option that allows you to not use motion control i'm like yeah i'm all for it because if there's a way i can play this game i'm playing it you know so yeah that's that's awesome so the game i'm excited about by waiting or passing on is lego star wars the skywalker saga which uh is due to come out sometime this year we hope uh it's been one of those games that's like i think it was supposed to be out a few years ago and then it got delayed and then it was supposed to be out last year and then covid and it's supposed to be out this year and now we're not really sure but it's due out sometime this year that's the that's the idea uh lego star wars skywalker saga is the um really the the new lego star wars game that's a combination of all nine star wars movies everything from phantom menace to the rise of skywalker developed by traveler's tales um, who've worked on the lego games since the beginning back in 2005 i remember picking up the first lego star wars game for gamecube and then i got the original trilogy the year when it came out the year later for also for gamecube and i thought the coolest thing in the world was that you could combine saves i was like that's so cool you just like went to a setting in lego star wars 2 you pressed a button and all of a sudden you have access to all the characters from the first game and i was like this is the coolest this is like lock-on technology from sega genesis <laughs> this is like sonic and knuckles but for the gamecube 
I always thought that was the wildest thing. This game looks fantastic. I mean, uh, I think the the Lego games have since changed a lot, and this game looks like it's it's you know has changed significantly from the games of old. But uh, I think it's a, it's a log- logical progression in terms of how it changed, and I think also it's a change in terms of what the gameplay looks like that I'm excited for. We're a little more action oriented, at least from what the trailers I've seen have been, but also still keeping with that Lego charm and aesthetic. Um, the one thing I'm really excited about though is that I heard that there is a mode that they might be putting in that changes all of the dialogue into the like Lego speak from the original game where like they just kind of make like noises Noises. but they don't actually talk. So apparently they, they either are planning to put that in or have already put that into the game. I thought I heard that. Uh, if that's the case, I'm definitely buying this game because the, that Lego speak is just hilarious. It's just Legos grunting. <laughs> and and like in the I remember in the original game or in the original trilogy game when like Vader is trying to tell Luke that he's his father but doesn't actually use dialogue. He like pulls out a family photo and like points to it and then points at Luke and then points at himself. And Luke is just like, <laughs> like shocked face. Like it's just that kind of game. I love that kind of humor. And I, I expect to see that in a Lego game. So I, I'm going to put it down as a buy. Um, and uh, yeah, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. All right. Uh, so my uh, game that I'm excited about buying, waiting, or passing on is a game called Space Transport Tycoon by a company called Hubel. It is a transport trade type uh, game, and you have to go through and build uh, like a tycoon, uh, a company up, and you have to try and become the best space tycoon in a very sci-fi slash cyberpunk style world um so you have to and it involves um not only doing all the tycoon aspect of the companies and stuff like that and the transporting of the goods and figuring out where to buy and sell but you're also designing and building your own spaceships to deliver the cargo and you can even um design luxury liners and bring people around uh it is a to be announced type game and it looks uh interesting uh i'm kind of looking in my life for the next generation of the game gazillionaire which is a buy and trade simulation game that is very basic i don't know if space transport tycoon is the game that will be that i am not sure based on where it is it looks like a game that i would be interested in um especially it looks like you can walk around your ship so i i don't know if they're biting off more than they can chew but overall uh it looks like an interesting game i'm definitely going to put it on my wish list and then i will wait and see more about it when it comes out to see if it's something that i will ultimately pick up but yeah so that's going to be what I'm excited about buying, waiting, or passing on. It does, there's like, it goes, it's like got some weird screenshots too where you can like walk around your ship, I guess. I don't know if it, I just want a game where I can travel planets and buy and sell commodities. All right. So that's going to be our episode with Matt. Once again, Matt, we appreciate the the time and uh, getting us through Metal Gear and all of its complexities and helping our listeners understand uh, if you are here listening to us because of Matt, hello, welcome to the podcast. Uh, feel free to check out some of our other episodes as well. Matt, do you want to once again do a little bit of a, a shout out f- 
for where people can find you, and then we'll uh, we'll close out ourselves. Yeah, I'll just make it simple this time. Uh, the, yeah, the easiest place to find me is anywhere on the internet, uh, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, where I'm probably the most active, uh, and that is at Super Gains Bros. And I also run a video game podcast called Box Trick, uh, as well as several others, but you can find links to all of those things on my Twitter, at Super Gains Bros. So now we'll get into our section, and we'll talk about how you can contact us, listen to us, and support us. So in order to contact us, you can send us an email at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You can also do Seth at classicgamingbrothers.com, Zach at classicgamingbrothers.com. You can even do classicgamingbrothers at classicgamingbrothers.com. And doing so, we, we always appreciate feedback about episodes or ideas for new episodes, and we like talking to our fans. Once, if you send us in feedback, you'll be entered in to win a free game, um, and it's just a bunch of games that we have, and you can pick from the list if or or not you don't need to win a free game it's like free donut day you know you don't need to take the donut but it's there and if there's uh contact us listen to us if you can listen to us throughout all um you could go to our website to also contact us at classicgamingbrothers.com you can go to the contact us and go through the form and send us which also sends us an email on that website you can also head over to the lounge and there is one of our players there where you can listen to the every episode there and if you don't want to listen to us on the browser because it's not 1998 you can also uh, go through any other uh, podcasting app and and search for us, Classic Gaming Brothers. We're on um, most of them, so uh, specifically like Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and you can just find us there and write. And in order to support us, supporting us, listening to us, you're doing it right there. That's that's pretty much good good for us to support us is give us that listen. Matt told us we should tell you to review us as well, especially on iTunes. Always do the review. Uh, so if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support us, drop us a review on iTunes iTunes. You can also follow us on all of our social medias and give us likes, ring bells, notifications. Our Facebook, our Instagram, and Twitch are at Classic Gaming Brothers. Uh, so our Facebook, Instagram are Classic Gaming Brothers. Our Twitch is twitch.tv slash Classic Gaming Brothers. And our Twitter is CG Brothers Pod. And we will announce all of our episodes where, I guess, on our, our summer break, where we, we, we don't put out any other social media content beyond our episode releases. Just our normal. Because we are just... <laughs> our, our summer break, we do it all the time. <laughs> it's our... Well, we were on winter break before, so now we're on summer break. It's a, it's a rolling break. <laughs> we're just always on vacation. Um, but we do release every episode every Sunday. So every Sunday, you can expect to see content. You may see other content you may even see us play games on twitch who knows we we're 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 wild and crazy maybe one day we'll play games on twitch with super gains bro who knows and so there's that without further ado zachary am i forgetting anything don't play games like my brother and don't play games like my brother and don't play games like my brother i've been zach i've been seth and i've been matt (laughs) we've been the classic gaming brothers and Matt. That's, That's right. right. Now, see, this is where we then go and switch into our... Oh, we could do a Game of Thrones podcast now, right now. All right, so... Wow, season eight. <laughs> season eight. <laughs> <laughs>